Welcome to the Friends of Israel today. I'm Steve Conover. With me is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. With the Hanukkah season quickly approaching, you can surprise your Jewish friends with a Hanukkah gift box. It's shipped directly to their door. Every festive gift box is loaded with Israeli goods like honey, chocolate, tahini, and spices. You can savor Israeli flavors while showing support to your Jewish friends. Order yours today at foi.org forward slash gift box. Steve, I don't know if you remember, but last May, nearly 4,300 rockets were launched from Gaza into Israel. And I'm very proud to say that Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry has had a hand in helping to protect and save Israeli lives through a nonprofit that we support called Operation Life Shield. And today we are going to have Rabbi Shmuel Bowman, who is the executive director of Operation Life Shield, with us to talk about uh, the work that he's doing to save uh, Israeli lives by building bomb shelters that provide safety for them during these very difficult times. It's an important interview, an important subject. We hope you stay with us for the entire program. But first in the news, The Jerusalem Post is reporting U.S. President Joe Biden has said he will not reverse former President Donald Trump's recognition of Jerusalem as Israel's capital. However, he promised in his election campaign that he would reopen the consulate to the Palestinians in Jerusalem, which was merged into the U.S. Embassy to Israel in 2018. When Trump implemented the 1995 law, he moved the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Steve, this is my take. You know, Biden's choice to open the Palestinian consulate in East Jerusalem actually sends a message. It sends a signal to the world that he and his administration actually believe that East Jerusalem is still a potential capital of a future Palestinian state. And it's quite interesting, actually, because the 1995 law that was implemented called the Jerusalem Embassy Act, which Trump fulfilled by moving the, the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. It's actually against the law to do that because the embassy was supposed to house all of these things and it was supposed to claim Jerusalem as the unified capital of Israel. That includes East Jerusalem and West Jerusalem. It's unified and it has been. So fortunately, though, uh, Israel is the one by law who has the final say on whether or not the consulate can be opened. Rabbi uh, Shmuel Bowman, great to have you on the Friends of Israel Today radio program. It's an honor. I've heard so much about you. I've even seen you at our conferences, uh, but it's a joy to finally uh, speak to you face to face. Well, Chris, it's really, really great to be here. Uh, we're going to be talking about a very important uh, program that you run, uh, a nonprofit that you run, Operation Life Shield. Uh, but before we get to that, so our listeners can get an idea of who you are, you know, I've heard you speak a bunch, like I said, at our conferences and, you know, I feel like the one thing that I that always piques my interest is you're a rabbi mm-hmm. and, and you know I, I'm a reverend so okay. this is a reverend and a rabbi conversation which I just love to it's pieces great, yeah. um, but I'm, I'm interested to know you know where you come from how, what made you go you know what I want to be a rabbi and you know maybe even to how you got into Operation Life Shield okay um, well I come from a family of rabbis do you so it wasn't um, foreign to me. Uh, my grandfather uh, was a rabbi in Toronto, Toronto, Canada, and originally he's from Poland uh, in mm. Um And so I grew up 
watching my grandfather i'd watch him in synagogue he was uh he was a pastor he was a uh, pulpit rabbi uh so he's up there you know giving sermons he was a family rabbi who was helping with counseling hmm. uh, he was doing chaplaincy work in the uh, hospitals and prisons wow so i kind of grew up in that world and knowing that his father was a rabbi and his father beforehand and so on so we come from a long chain of rabbis and so it was definitely something in my in my in my uh, landscape and in my worldview that that would be something that I might want to consider doing I was very involved um, as a uh, as a leader in the Jewish community as a as a teenager and a young adult very much taking up leadership roles uh, to be a rabbi means being a teacher yep and in some cases means being a leader um, now I've changed my role, evolved it even further. So I'm a I'm a ordained Torah scribe. And I was reading about. I actually saw an interview that you did with Susan Michaels mm -hmm. from the ICEJ, and I was stunned to see that you are a Torah scribe. I mean, I, I know we don't have much time, but can you share a little bit about that? That's amazing. So that was uh, that was a direction I've been, felt very passionate about doing um, for a long, long time. Studied it for about twenty years. And then about four years ago, actually got smicha, got ordained as an ordained Torah scribe, which wow. means what that means is is that the 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 uh, Torah laws yeah, that um, that dictate uh, how do you actually do Torah scribing yes. um, are are laws that I can actually um, you know make decisions about, guide other rabbis on how to do it, um, and literally um, come to legal. You know, Torah legal decisions on whether or not a Torah scroll is kosher. Amazing. Whether it's fit for use. Yes. Mezuzah on the doorposts, tefillin that we wrap, those sort of things, whether or not they're kosher, which means fit for use. And if there are problems, what to do about them. So I'm in a position where I can do that. So well, it's been a great journey. We need to have you back on the radio program <laughs> just to talk about that. My pleasure. But you know, as a rabbi, you know, you were caring for your community in a spiritual way. And I, I'm, I'm seeing this link here where you're caring for your community, the Jewish community in a spiritual way. And now you've come to almost care for the Jewish community in both a spiritual way and a physical way yeah, with Operation yeah. Life Shield. Can you talk about well, that? Well, Chris, that, you, you've, you've nailed the question and that's exactly it. How do we, how do, you know, there was a point when I wanted to bridge the health of the spirit and the health of the soul with the physical health of the people. Mm -hmm. Because you want to know something? You can't have a conversation with somebody about God if they're dead. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so, it's my work to keep people alive mm -hmm. so that we can have these conversations. But even if we didn't have these conversations, and even if the conversations were as mundane as the weather or sports or what you had for dinner last night, that is galaxies more important, right, than if somebody is, is dead. Yeah. And, um, and, and I, 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 it pains me to put it in those terms, uh, but those are real terms, and I have seen the results, you know, when you when you, uh, um, I think it was a, a number of years ago during the Intifada, and a friend of mine who was working as a as a police officer invited me to come and see the scene of a terrorist attack, and it was on a bus that had been blown up in Jerusalem, and on the bus was uh, the remains of two people who had been killed, hmm. and I'm not going to go into the details; they're rather graphic. But what struck me is, is that they were still frozen in a conversation. Mm. Two 
people who had been killed were literally speaking to one another while sitting on a bus and midway through a conversation. You know something, Chris? I don't care if they're talking about God. I don't care if they're talking about the sports. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they're talking about what, you know, where they're going for work. One thing is for sure, they're no longer talking. That's right. It's an injustice. It's Right. Yeah. And so our job is to keep people alive. And my focus even further than that is to make sure that children are protected, the elderly are protected, the uh, disabled are protected because those are the most vulnerable within the community. And Operation Life Shield does this in a very specific way. So, you know, you're not just talking about, yeah, I mean, you're very specific. Very specific. You know, I'm sure our audience is sitting here going, so you're protecting people. How do you do that? In the most most, uh, concrete and tangible. (laughs) Exactly. I'm laughing because you're all about to find out what he means by concrete. Bomb shelters, bomb shelters. Exactly. Very tangible, very concrete. Okay. As a matter of fact, if you listen to Israeli radio during a uh, barrage of rocket attacks, okay, they're going to say one thing because radio, as like we're on right now, has a very limited amount of time, mm-hmm. and so you want to get your message across like this, especially when you're on your attack. You know what the, you know what they say time and time again: get to a shelter, get to a shelter. They don't say. Um, Think about you know you you know your 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 favorite uh, image. They don't talk about now would be a time to get your financial affairs in order. Yeah. No, they're saying now get to a shelter. Yeah. And we're providing those shelters. And you know we have uh, the app on our phones over here in the United States. And I, I'll just uh, for our audience to know too, I, we had to rush through your life, but you're Toronto born, uh, but you made Aliyah to Israel, so you live in Israel now. But you know we have that this app on our phone that lets us know when rockets are coming over, and and really the when you talk about a barrage and the fact that uh, you have very little time, uh, they're not lying. Oh. I mean, it's within moments. <laughs> I had a meeting with um, with the mayor of the uh, uh, Shah Negev region. This is the region that is uh, beside Sterot. So it's right by the Gaza border. Literally, we're sitting, having a cup of coffee, talking about life, whatever. And within like this, one second, the siren goes off. Mm-hmm. That's it. We got up and we went down to the in this case, it was the bunker, the bomb shelter of the municipality. Uh, I would say a space of 10 seconds passed. Yeah. And that's it. Next thing you know, the entire region is under heavy bombardment. And so we literally went from a cup of coffee conversation like we're having right now to like this. And, and I'm asking you know, for the people who are listening right now to think about what that means. What that means is, is that you could be in the middle of a conversation. You could be in the shower. Yeah, you could be doing something very mundane, and within a split second, you've got to change everything and do the most basic act of survival that stay alive. And the most basic way of doing that is to be in a strong, secure space. That's going to guarantee your survival. We're very appreciative to Iron Dome. It's an amazing thing. It's a game changer strategically. Okay, that's the missile interceptor system that knocks out the rockets coming in from Gaza. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's still an eighty-five percent success rate. Wow. Now, which is great, yeah. but I just landed from Israel. If the pilot leaving <laughs> would have said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our flight to New York. Um, we have an 85% yeah. chance. <laughs> People jump off the You're plane. Saying, I'm taking yeah. the boat. <laughs> I'm going, I'm, 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 I'm traveling by boat. Yeah, not gambling. <laughs> I'm swimming. Yeah, that's okay. right. Uh, 85% is good, but it's, okay, so we, we, we fill in that gap of that 15%. Yes. Plus, in all the areas where Iron Dome is not, okay? And plus, it brings comfort on a day-to-day basis. You're a parent, you're bringing your kid to kindergarten. Yes. As you glance at the bomb shelter, you say, okay, I can now relax 
knowing that my child has a place to go to should the siren go off. And therefore, I can now carry on with my day and go to work. They feel a sense of safety, and I want to talk more about that, but we're going to take a quick break. um, And I want to invite our listeners right now, they can actually find out more about ways that they can partner and learn about Operation Life Shield by going to operationlifeshield.org. We're going to also provide ways for you to give if you're interested in giving to provide a, a bomb shelter for Israelis who are living in areas uh, that are under constant attack from rockets coming from Gaza and maybe even the north, the north as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we want to provide you opportunities to find ways that you can give and, and sponsor a bomb shelter with Operation Life Shield. So be sure to stick around. you're enjoying our interview with Rabbi Shmuel Bowman, but I want to stop for a moment and just say, you know, over the last year, we've witnessed ongoing strife for our Jewish friends, as we've been hearing from Rabbi Shmuel Bowman. In a time where it's easy to spew hate, we as Christians actually have an opportunity to offer our Jewish friends a gift of love. This Hanukkah, you can surprise your Jewish neighbors, teachers, co-workers, and friends by shipping a Hanukkah gift box directly to their door. Every festive gift box is loaded with Israeli goods like honey, chocolate, tahini, spices, and more. Celebrate this Hanukkah season and savor Israeli flavors with one of our hand-packed and shipped Hanukkah gift boxes. The deadline to order is November 18th, so get your orders in today by going to foi.org forward slash gift box. Again, that's foi.org forward slash gift box. Welcome back, everybody. I'm with Rabbi Shmuel Bowman. Rabbi, before I continue, uh, our executive director, Dr. Jim Showers, who I know is a personal friend of yours, um, came up to me and he said that right before you all came into uh, the headquarters here at Friends of Israel, uh, that you uh, were on a conversation with your son, who is serving in the IDF, who is in the premier tank brigade uh, on the border of Gaza right now. How's your son doing? Uh, we just spoke with uh, Gavriel moments ago, um, and he's going to be stationed there f- now for the next several hours. It's a hot spot. Uh, it's literally on the border. When I say on the border, we're not talking about a couple of miles away. We're mm-hmm. talking about on the border. Yeah. He's actually on the site where uh, a terrible tragedy took place very recently, where Shmuel Eri. Uh, was uh, shot at close range by a Palestinian terrorist through the wall, and he suffered a shot straight to the head and mm. died. He, my son, is literally at that spot right now because it is a flashpoint. Uh, terrorists gather on Fridays at that spot. At that spot, uh, what they call protests—they're not protests; mm-hmm. they're acts of terrorism. Okay, protests are done within the guidelines of of a legal mechanism to show that you disagree with something. Perfectly fine, perfectly great. These are acts of terrorism. They're launching uh, grenades. They're shooting. Uh, they're trying to break through into Israel to create terrorist acts. And my son is literally standing standing there on the border in his Merkava five tank. Yep. Uh, I said to him. I said to him, Gavriel, I literally know families. I have chills telling you this. Mm-hmm. I know families with children in communities around the area right now. You are literally 
protecting those families right now. And he's doing fine. He's in good spirits. He's got a positive outlook. And you must have a sense of pride, too, as a parent. Knowing... I have a sense of pride. We also need to know. I also have, you know, I mean, we, my wife and I don't... You get a phone call. You we, get worried. We also, yeah. don't, well, we also don't sleep yeah. uh, like normal parents do because how do you go to sleep knowing that your, your son is on the border yeah. in a very, very dangerous part of the world? And uh, but we know that God is uh, is covering him with uh, with protection, mm. and um, and our family being you know we're we're God centric Orthodox Jews, and yes. so we know that uh, you know he's standing he's he's inside a tank, but he's also inside a tank praying. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, you know, I want to continue this conversation about Operation Life Shield, which is providing bomb shelters for families living in areas of Israel that are under constant attack, a, a barrage uh, of attack from rockets coming from Gaza and even the north up in the in, uh, uh, on the border of Lebanon. You know, I, I was thinking about the fact that most homes today and buildings are coded by Israel to have bomb shelters in them, if I remember correctly. So you're actually providing a level of safety, not just that people can run to their home, but even when they're just out and about doing their daily life. You know, we, we were talking about the fact that there's one next to a tennis court yeah. um, that the Friends of Israel help provide. Uh, you know, here are people playing tennis with kids or whatever. They don't have time to run to their home. They need to get to somewhere quick. You have, you have a matter of seconds. Yeah. Uh, these two shelters that I just saw literally a couple days ago at the Israel Tennis and Education Center in Beersheba, which is in the Negev in southern Israel. They have about um, 30 seconds to get to a bomb shelter. 30 seconds is not a lot of time. Mm -hmm. It takes a few seconds just to even figure out what you're listening to, what you're hearing to. But this tennis center isn't some country club. Okay, this is a tennis center for uh, children who are coming from economically challenged homes. Sometimes there's you know issues, maybe one of the parents is actually in jail, mm -hmm. okay? And so these are kids coming from homes. You don't know if they're getting a hot meal. You don't know if anyone's helping them with their homework. And the tennis program is helping them create self-esteem, giving them the skills and the tools so that they can be you know, stronger people, uh, being able to get through school, get through society, and learning through tennis, yep. you know, uh, the skills of uh, responsibility. And as I mentioned, there's educational workshops, there's a hot meal. So imagine that the youngest of the tennis players, there's a special tennis court for them. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's a little smaller, the tennis uh, <laughs> nets are a little lower, okay? <laughs> That's right. And it's, uh, there's got a, like a sun roof because it's sunny in Beersheba. This place was struck multiply back mm -hmm. in May by many rockets. As a matter of fact, we have pictures of the holes in, these, in this sunroof, if you will, um, where rockets came in and exploded, and some of the rockets are still embedded in the roof. The FOI shelter is literally serving those kids. It's literally beside that shelter. Didn't exist uh, a week ago. Um, these kids have seconds to get to a shelter. This means that they can continue doing the things uh, so that the challenges in their lives can be uh, more um, accomplishable. Mm -hmm. um, what a crime it is, if you think about it, if a child cannot do those things to get those life skills because they're being threatened by rocket attacks. Yeah, of course. So what FOI is doing is two things. They're not only saving and protecting lives, they're allowing children who are coming from these unfortunate circumstances to continue to better themselves. That's what, that's, that's amazing. That's right, because it's almost, the, the rocket 
shelter is almost just off to the side in order to provide the protection yeah. so that they can live their daily life. Because why would a parent send their kids out there right. knowing that any moment something bad could happen? But knowing that there's uh, or, uh, a shelter nearby or uh, a place for the kids to run into provides a level of safety knowing that, okay, we can still live a normal life. And if you, exactly. If you, take, if you take it even one step further, that parent, sometimes a single parent, who's yep. got a job that needs to bring in the money to pay the bills, well, if they can't go to work because they need to keep their kids at home because there isn't a shelter, yes, that creates another economical down, down, downward spiral. So again, another thing that FOI is doing is making sure that families who are, are having these economic challenges are able to, to, to keep above it. Yeah. Okay. Because they're able to send their kid to a program and they can then go to work and, and bring in, be able to pay the bills. Yeah. So it, it, the levels, the, the, the concentric circles, if you will, of, of help that FOI is doing just continues more and more and more. We can keep on going, but yeah. You know, as a tourist scribe, um, and, you know, I think you and I have the same value of the scriptures, uh, of what the scriptures teach. And my mind goes to Genesis 12, 3. It's one of the reasons that Friends of Israel exists is to bless Israel. You know, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse yeah. you. We do not want to take lightly this uh, covenant that God made with the Jewish people. And it gives us great joy to be able to give and to bless Israel in this way. And, and many Anyways, I want to talk about this unique relationship that Friends of Israel has with Operation Life Shield. Yes. Uh, in total, um, we've given almost a half a million dollars to build 39 bomb shelters, and $125,000 came in 2021 as a result of the uh, rockets that were launched just last May. Um, 4,300 rockets came uh, from Gaza. 14,000 are said to be in Gaza. 4,300 were used. Um, can you talk about that special relationship? Probably the best way to describe that relationship is the following. I get a phone call. This has happened multiple times. I get a phone call from uh, the security chief or the mayor of a town. And by the way, it's very important to understand, I don't decide where the critical locations in Israel are. Those decisions are made by the people on the ground, the security chiefs, the security officers, the, uh, the, uh, the mayors of the town. They're the ones who we take in that information and we learn from the people serving uh, the, the needs of the, res the, the, the citizens where the greatest needs are. Mm -hmm. Imagine the following, you get a phone call, I get a phone call from the mayor, Shmuel, desperate, desperate, desperate. We need three shelters right away to go to X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Sorry, Z. Z. <laughs> I'm Canadian. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, okay, you got them. And I'm thinking, okay, how am I paying for this? Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. A minute later, I'll get a phone call from FOI. Amazing. Hi, Shmuel. We have three shelters for you. Amazing. Yes. This has happened not once and not twice. This has happened multiple times. And I think God is, is, is asking us, Chris, Shmuel, you start the work. Yeah. Take the first steps. Yes. And, and and I've got you covered. Be like Abraham, right? Take okay. that step of faith, right? <laughs> and we do, and that's what you're, and that's what our partnership is about. We're doing this together, and I think that anybody who's who's supporting uh, this work through the uh, through the Friends of Israel is literally walking that walk with us. That's amazing. Doing that together with us. Well, I want to give our listeners an opportunity to, to uh, opportunity to be a part of what Shmuel is doing. Number one, you can go to operationlifeshield.org to find out more about Operation Life Shield. Yes. I want to encourage you to go there, operationlifeshield.org. But I was just talking with Shmuel and he said he would like you to give, if you're going to give to build a bomb shelter. I want to tell you how. Give through the Friends of Israel. Do Why don't you do the, friends of, the best way. Uh, it, it, to 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 partner with us is to go to the FOI uh, website 
and make your donation through Friends of Israel. That is the most effective and efficient way uh, to partner with us in saving lives in Israel. Well, I want to encourage our listeners then to go to foiradio.org, and we're going to have a link there that you'll be able to go to and click, and it will direct you right to the Operation Life Shield uh, page for you to be able to give through Friends of Israel. Mm-hmm. will be the conduit of that blessing for you. Again, that's foiradio.org. Uh, Rabbi Shmuel Bowman, great to have you, friend. Thank you so much for being a part of uh, what we're doing here at Friends of Wonderful Israel. Wonderful being here, and God bless you and everybody uh, who's, who's participating with us today. And shalom. Shalom. Thank you for joining us today. One last quick reminder, if you want to order a Hanukkah gift box, you can go to foi.org forward slash gift box. It was sure nice having Shmuel Bowman with us today, Chris. Yeah, it was fantastic. I hope our audience was blessed by what he's doing in Israel. And hey, listen, if you want to be a part again of what he is doing, you can actually partner with us here at the Friends of Israel. Again, go to foiradio.org and there you can find ways to give specifically to Operation Life Shield. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. And I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. Our mailing address is FOI Radio PO Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio PO Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey 08099. And one last quick reminder to visit us at foiradio.org. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide evangelical ministry proclaiming biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people.